0: You're listening to Like Nobody's Business and I'm your host Emily Castle. This podcast is a space of devotion to mastery, excellence and thriving in our businesses and in our lives as women entrepreneurs. Each month I'll be helping you tool up with resources to support you to navigate a new area of entrepreneurial life with intention, strategy and soul. I'll walk you through it by answering your specific questions, help get you on top of it with actionable tips, look under it to help you reprogram your subconscious mind for more ease. And when it comes to the common traps, I see many of my coaching clients and listeners fall into, I'll get you over it. Together, we'll explore a broad range of topics that impact and influence how you show up to lead the business your soul came here to create, including wellness, prosperity, growth, spirituality, and fulfillment. I'm so excited and grateful you found your way here. Let's dive into today's episode so you can add something new to your toolbox of expansion and learn how to master entrepreneurship and life like nobody's business. The intention of today's episode is to help you get on top of this month's topic with actionable strategies that you can begin implementing now. Together, we'll craft a plan with some structure you can relax into and get you set up for whatever success would look and feel like for you. Hey everybody, I'm here today with Sarah Scarborough. She is the owner of Tea Huntress and she is someone who I've admired for a few years now since learning about her and her work. I actually stumbled upon her physical location in Nashville when I was there in, what was that, 2019 maybe? Something like that. Um, And I was just walking and I saw this beautiful little tea shop and I was like oh my god the name tea huntress like what is this beautiful place this is like my kind of place I don't think that it was open because you were doing like appointment only or like sessions or something like that but I was like oh my gosh I have to go in there at some point I have to figure it out I have to know who this person is she's my kind of person like whoever this is is an awesome woman (laughs) I need to know her and then fast forward to A couple of months ago, well, actually last month, as of this recording, I was on a retreat, leading a retreat for my mastermind at Savannah in Arizona. And lo and behold, I go into my room and they now have these beautiful, like herbal teas available, like private label, but they're from you, from Tea Huntress. And it said it on there. And I was like, oh, no way, get out. This is like such a crazy synchronicity because I have yeah, been meaning but. to like, I was even looking at a retreat that you're offering, like the whole thing. It was just like such a cool
1: synchronistic I love that. I know. it was
0: so cool. So then I had tagged you. I posted about it because I was so excited. I tagged you and we started chatting and I was like, let's connect. We need to like connect. And I want to be friends and also come on my podcast because we could do that and record it. <laughs> So yay, um, love here it. We are, Thank and you. here we are. Yay! I'm so glad. Um, so Sarah, tell us a little bit about just how you got started in this business. Like, how did you decide to make a to build a business around tea? how did you decide on the name tea huntress? It's just so powerful. Like I want to know anything and everything.
1: I love this question. So I've um, first of all, thank you for that. I forgot that that's how you came across tea Huntress, and I love it. And I missed that studio. And one day I'm going to have soon another one, but I, when I was like 25, I was working at a tea house in Montana and that's where I started. That's where I got into tea. And it was Mm -hmm. all once I was just cooking at this tea house. And I'd always loved travel. I'd always loved agriculture. I'd always loved culture. I was really into sustainability. I wanted to make a difference in the world. And I just um, was making a chai in the tea house. And then people loved it. And then it turned into a business. And friends were like, let me make you a website. Let me make you a label. And I thought, well, I'm going to have to name this thing. And so I got the website fairtradeteas.com and it felt like a really lit up chapter of my life. Like it felt like tea came to me and I felt like she grabbed me and she was like, you're coming with me. And it was so in flow. Like it was that Dharmic thing of all the doors are flying open. Everything's very easy. The flow is there. Like I'm not trying, I'm not working. I'm being supported by the universe. And I felt that tingly all over sensation. Like when you fall in love, we were like, ah, oh, just, ah, like, this is, this is good. Like, I feel alive. I feel purposeful. I feel like this is divine. I'm meant to be doing this. Um, and so that was the very beginning of my tea journey. And the journey has been decades long. So it's taken me all over the world. I've started numerous businesses, I've worked a lot with fair trade. I've traveled to all the different origins of tea. I've you know, gotten to know local people and cultures and agricultures and practices and spirituality. I've woven yoga into it. And I've really just spent the last, my, my whole life really like the last 25 plus years um, with tea. And so tea huntress, came about because I had always learned about tea as a beverage. And I'd spent a lot of time in India and Sri Lanka, even China, even Japan, but really just learning about ethical trade, fair trade, trying to promote these better ways of trading tea. And it was around 2016 that I started to just really organically, because this is how tea speaks to me, I started to come into a tea practice. I started traveling with my shibori dashi, with some incense, like with a thermos for hot water. And I started to play music and I started to very naturally see how it was a meditation and it was a practice and it was a way of life. And so I started learning more and more about that and then opening up my eyes to, wait a minute, tea has only been a beverage since like the British times like tea has been a spirit tonic tea has been a meditation aid tea has been a plant spirit medicine tea has been so much more to people for so long through history than just being a drink like a healthy drink which I love so I started learning about tea ceremony I started I'd already been teaching yoga for a really long time so I was already teaching yoga I was already leading retreats around the world in places like morocco and mexico and iceland and and i was learning more and more just really organically it all again it was that flow it all just came but i was learning and exploring more about ritual what are the energetics of ritual what does ritual actually mean like how do we cultivate our lives you know how is tea part of that process and what does all this mean energetically how does all this mean in my practical life um And so one day I was actually behind that tea shop that used to be a different tea company that I had shop. And I was sitting in my car, just don't know what I was doing, staring up at the sky. And all of a sudden my brain lands tea huntress and out of my mouth comes the word tea huntress. And I looked over like someone else had said it. And I was like, what's that? Tea huntress? And I go, oh, tea huntress. I'm like, that's what I'm doing. That is where I can house these retreats and these ceremonies and these teachings on ritual. And and it just grew. People wanted, I mean, I'd already built many businesses. I'd already like, you know, done this. This was only like 2018, but um, and I was really resistant, very, very resistant. I'm like, I have two children, I have another tea business. I, you know, I'm busy. I'm traveling. I'm doing retreats. I'm doing tea ceremonies. I don't, I'm not going to like really turn this into a business with a proper website and a proper business. And then so many people just kept saying, we love what you do. Please do a tea subscription. We want to buy your teas. We want more of it. And in one day, I was actually on retreat in Morocco, three different women in one day were like, please, please do this, do more of this. We want to subscribe. We want to learn more. We want to do more. And I was like, no, there's other people doing this. Just go to them. You know, there's other people you don't need to go to me. I'm not doing this. And then some, and then one girl who had followed me around on retreats and had really loved what I was teaching. She was like, why are you not like, why are you not helping us? Like, why won't you do this sort of? And I was like, she said, you need to do it. She said, I'll be your first customer. And so I did it and I put together a subscription and then, you know, eventually built the website and started building out the business. And now it's, you know, full bore kind of what it is at the moment, but it's, it's very organic and it's always changing. And, you know, the core of it though, is just sharing the ritual, the art of tea with people so that they can also cultivate life in a way that we all need to do in these crazy chaotic times.
0: (laughs) Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. I'm just so, I love hearing this story of the origin of tea huntress and all the different pieces of your journey. And I just feel as I'm listening to you, I'm like, yes, this is what it's like. Like the, the buzzy feeling that you had, Mm -hmm. just all the little signs, the resistance. Yes. Always there the invitations and, and wanting to, and actually having to, or wanting to either way, say yes to them, right. right? To like, do the thing. That's your path. That's your work to do. I just, I love this. This is so like your work to do in this life. It's It's so cool. And I
1: thousand percent, like I couldn't shake tea. If I tried, I don't want to No, it's yeah come back, like, have you seen Moana? I always, (laughs) you know, like the ocean keeps throwing her back on the boat, keeps throwing her back on the boat. And she's Uh like, okay, okay. Like she's mad at the ocean. And she's like, well, now what, like you've landed me on this Island. Mm -hmm. I mean, that feels so true to the journey where it's taken so many different forms and so many different years. and It's been blood and sweat and tears and laughter and joy and gratitude and, and practice and health and everything. Like it's been so much and I'm so grateful for it. But, um, but I do think that for any woman who's, I mean, and men, but I think because women have more of a kind of natural rooting and intuition Mm -hmm. and we kind of approach business and life more holistically and more interconnectedly that really like being in tune with with the emotion around it and like the limiting belief stories, I've had to conquer a lot of limiting belief stories. Mm -hmm. The work in my personal life is a mirror. It reflects directly in my business. Like Mm -hmm. they are so interlinked. There is no way to separate them. I believe that truly to be, I believe that to be true for all people in business and life, but it's, you can't keep them separate. They're not separate. They're the same thing. Yeah. It's
0: one ecosystem is how I look at it
1: all um, the time when I do mm-hmm. my work and I conquer I when I ask well why not like why wouldn't I do that well why couldn't I do that when I when I question my limiting belief systems and really lean into what I want and like what my greatest dream is when I believe in myself then that's when magic starts to happen
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so powerful that that buzzy feeling that you were describing I had that when I led my first women's circle ever and it was this I was like there was something it was like the divine was present in whatever way we want to wrap words around it right like it was just like here you go this is the this is the feeling and it's like that feeling of feeling in love like falling in love when you feel that sensation like take over your body of just like a oh, this is the thing this is it
1: freedom isn't it it's like a release to yeah. me it feels like it feels like the universe has got my back it mm-hmm. feels like a huge gift it feels like i was born for this this yes. is, it's that and sometimes that feeling like we're describing with business and love like it's so loud you can't ignore it mhm but it gets a little tougher when you're not feeling that or mm-hmm. like okay so like now I've committed and I'm doing this thing and then there're always moments of darkness there's always moments mm-hmm. where do I go which way do I turn what decision do I make what am I capable of like which mm-hmm. way am I going to manage this and and the same with relationships right you fall in love and then you get to a place where you're like ah <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> we need yes, to talk yes. about some
1: things we need to like untangle right. some things and then you've got but it's all it's all cultivation of life that's the thing mm-hmm. and that's he comes in but it's like it's all just the journey it's all just like what are we programmed with what do we want our life to look like what are our stories and what can we do in the present moment in the now in order to you know Mm, release the stories that no longer work for us from the past and then step into the truth, the alignment of what we vision and dream for our future. I mean, that's ritual work and that's tea and that's business and that's relationships and that's life. And that's what it all is. It's what it's all about.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I often think about the connection. I feel like we often don't talk about this or hear about it when we think about business or leadership about being in relationship with the business right like we are in a sacred union whether we know it or not whether we acknowledge it or not whether we say it or not right of like I am in this I am like married to the soul of my business in one way or another because it's my work to do right and maybe there will be another phase of it. And maybe it'll shape shift and maybe it'll be a rebrand and maybe it'll be, it'll take different forms, but like at the end of the day, this is a relationship and it's a long-term relationship. Like you're describing, right? So all these dynamics are at play and what it asks of us to show up fully is to heal, right? Just like any relationship would ask us to to heal because it's a mirror for anything that's going on within us, right? That like, where are we limiting ourselves? Where are we blocking ourselves? Where are we, you know, choosing to not see the reality of what's really going on? Or are we putting our head in the sand? Or what are we not acknowledging? Or where are we, right? Like all of these questions. And I think oftentimes I see my work with women as being a sort of like, Helping them to be in right relationship with the work, because that's what it looks like, right? It's 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 not like steady upward trajectory forever and ever and ever and more 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 and capitalism no, the ideal perfect. growth it's
1: like no. wrong and it's real and it's organic and it's yes life it reminds always me always evolving of a quote yeah. that I saw you know the documentary of Brene Brown I can't remember what it's called um, yeah and she says um, something along the lines of, you know, you, we could take the safe path. Like we could just mm-hmm. get the job, keep the status quo, like build year after year, do the right thing, follow the rules. But if you have the craving and not everybody does, if you have the urge, the idea, if you feel that lit up feeling, if you feel that tingling sensation, when you do what you're called to do, then you got to get in the ring and you're going to get hurt. And it's going to be hard and you're going to face your demons and you're going, but that's what we're here for, right? Like that's, and not, that's not for anybody, but if you're being called for that, if you have a purpose, then you've got to step into it and you've got to lean into it. And it's, you know, it's, to me, it feels like Albert Einstein says, you can live your life as if everything is a miracle or as if nothing is Mm -hmm. a miracle. I feel like when we do this work, when we step into human evolution, spirituality, ritual practice, we're choosing life lived with magic and miracles. We're choosing this flow, this dance with life. And it's not pretty, it's not easy, Mm -hmm. but Mm it's definitely worth it. And it's definitely real. It feels true and it feels connected and aligned. And there's, you know, there are peaks and valleys.
0: Absolutely. I love that. That's it. It's so true. It's what I see every day. (laughs) I love it. I love having these conversations with women like you who are walking that path, because I think it's, it's definitely not the convenient one, right? It's definitely not the one that's like comfortable all the time. It's gritty. Like you said, It, it can be really challenging. It can be really confronting. It can be very, you know, and it can be the most magical thing in the world, and it's this full spectrum of like all of it, not just good parts, because we can't selectively right. <laughs> experience think, only the upsides,
1: right? I think for me, it gets down to like what makes me feel alive, and mm-hmm. you know, ever I've never had a proper job. I did actually, I worked for the Republic of Tea for about two years as a player. Mm-hmm. that was oh. my proper corporate job, but. Other than that, i've I've been an explorer. I've been an entrepreneur because I want. I don't know. I guess it's just an entrepreneurial kind of um, calling or something. But it. Mm -hmm. But I feel that if I were to do it any other way, my soul would shrivel up and die. Same. (laughs) Give me the hard, and give me the tough, and give me the cut up feet and the bloody Mm -hmm. head. But like let my soul be alive and let me feel like I'm aligned on my path and let me feel like I'm living my purpose on this planet. Let me spread my wings. Let me fly. Let me. And if I have to fall and if I have to leap and if I have to cut myself up, so be it. Hopefully I'll get stronger each time. And those, mm-hmm. those things will be lessened. I'll yeah. become wiser. But it's the sharpening of the sword. And if, yeah. you know, it's, that's it. It's the sharpening of the sword.
0: Yeah. And give me the path that's worth going through it all for, right? Versus one that maybe is like convenient and easy, but is like a slow, steady soul death. (laughs) Totally.
1: Right. Do you know who I love is Rumi? Mm -hmm. Do you? Right. Like, Mm -hmm. I feel like in this, in our country and maybe in the West in general, there's been, I feel, at least in my cultural surrounding, that I was raised in a culture that said, you know, put your desires away, like, don't do what you're expected to do. Like fight your desires, almost like fight your, like, don't, don't be wild. Don't liberate yourself. Don't, don't expect more out of life. Just stay the status quo. Mm -hmm. And, And I think that that's a message that we get, whether it's from religion or Christianity, or whether it's from politics or who knows where that messaging comes from. I feel like it's one that is around me. And I love to read Rumi because Rumi's whole thing is connect with your desires, connect with your dreams. Like that thing that makes you have butterflies in your stomach, that gives you that tingling feeling, that thing that makes you feel your heart opening, that's a beacon on your path. Listen Mm -hmm. to that, follow that. That's your job here on this planet and like deep is it deep chopra i think it's the upanishads they say your desire is your destiny the upanishads mm-hmm. the ancient vedic texts they say your desire is your destiny and if you follow your desires in a holistic way that's like in tune with what you know what you want what feels good like what you what your desires are, are different than what my desires are and so mm-hmm. um i think that those I love that paradigm shift and I find it to be so liberating, especially as a woman, especially in this culture that mm-hmm. I'm allowed to be emotional and I'm allowed to have dreams and desires and to follow those things is not bad of me. It's actually my job. It's actually mm-hmm. and the more I can lean into that, the more that I can align on my path, the more effective I can be in the world, the more gifts I'll have to share with people, the more I can shine my light out. And to me, it feels true that to me feels way more true than any, like, you know, anything I ever was taught as a child about just sitting down, being a good girl and like following the status quo and sticking by the, you know, sticking by the rules, right. Feels more true. And it feels at this juncture in history, important for women, particularly to be stepping into that yin, more Mm -hmm. feminine. Way of looking at the world, and like you know, the young, the sun, the masculine, that upward rising energy we we're talking about. Like I feel like it's just burning us up. We got to cool down, you know. And mm-hmm. feminine is like that energy of dark, cool, silent, still, introverted, wise, embodied um, energy that I believe, if cultivated, can really heal the world and mm-hmm. get this, get this world spinning in the right direction. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yes, 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 yes. To everything that you just said, <laughs>
0: we are so like on the same wavelength. It's so fun. Um, yes, I, I absolutely agree with that. And I think that it's so important for, especially for us as women entrepreneurs to tend to the feminine aspects, the yin aspects of of our approach to creating whatever it is that we're creating or building or leading in our work and in the world. Because otherwise we know the outcome of that and it's burnout and it's resentment and it's frustration and it's overdoing
1: it and it's perfectionism. <laughs> and it's like harm to the planet and it's yes. like Mm -hmm. when we let the masculine that young fiery energy take over like we're not being mindful of our resources and we're not being mindful of our mother of the earth of Mm -hmm. other people that we're sharing this planet with and that's where the the feminine needs to come in now and, Mm -hmm. and nurture the people and nurture the planet back to health to the degree to which we still can and and just bring it back into balance you know it's like It's such a challenge as if it has always been a challenge for me as a female entrepreneur to come up against the way that business is, you know, the way that Mm -hmm. this turn off your emotions. You're too emotional. Um, You know, you're not being linear enough. Well, that's not going to make business sense. Well, it doesn't Mm -hmm. really matter that your intuition said, or you had a dream about like what matters (laughs) is the spreadsheet or what matters is, um, you know the bottom line and like that's fine that you feel this way but we need to know what the facts are and we need to prove them empirically and mm-hmm. so I think that has been a huge theme for me through my work for decades and and what i found is that coming into the balance of the st- more structured focused and then the more intuitive feminine feels aligned it feels smart and wise and it feels strong um So coming into that wholeness is important, but also not discrediting the intuition, not discrediting the the knowing or the um that those feminine aspects, the the more collaborative, the more like soft, the more slow, the more yielding aspects. It's hard. The world doesn't want to support those things. Mm -hmm. It doesn't want to let go the grip of control. I mean, I don't eat sometimes, but. it's, you know, it's a challenge. And I, I like this conversation actually, because it reminds me of these things that feel true. Yeah. Yeah. The, the reminders, I love podcasts
0: because I'm usually saying things or hearing things that I'm like, right. I needed to hear that today.
1: <laughs> I needed to remember that theory, but then how do you, I mean, that's where, again, ritual work comes mm-hmm. in, but like, how do you take all of these theories we believe and then mm-hmm. apply them into everyday life? Mm-hmm. and then awareness you know it's present yeah. mind, so like wait does this align with who I want to be does this align with what I believe in and cultivating that mm-hmm. awareness because until we cultivate that awareness we can't apply our theories to anything because we're so hot in the moment of like you know the fear the the rage the stories the love the whatever it is that we're not like dropping into the center in the moment mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. very
1: important Absolutely. I love it. I love that there's, um, I feel
0: like often my work with women entrepreneurs is about finding that third way, right? That like harmonious way of how do we take these principles, these ideas, intuition, and like smart strategies that can be really helpful (laughs) and like merge them and have them operate in union versus feeling like, okay, because I've also also seen people who are like, I'm only going to do what my intuition says, and I'm only going to do what I feel in the moment. And then it's like, oh my gosh, there's no grounding. There's right. no structure. It's like a forest fire of chaos. Right. And I think it's so beautiful to have that blend and define for yourself what that balance looks like and feels like in your work, because when you do, it changes everything, right? Like you get to actually be present. You actually get to feel the regenerative effects of the work that you're doing in the world, like you get to be fed and nourished by it as much as you're feeding and nourishing others that you serve through it. Um, yeah, just really, really I love powerful. I see,
1: like, I love when I see, like, my favorite is when I get to go to a retreat with a bunch of like investment bankers or businessmen <laughs> or something like that, because mm-hmm. when you turn those kind of people on to the stuff that history has kind of put in the woo-woo box. Mm -hmm. And when we take it out of the woo-woo box and we look at it as like practical wisdom, you know, ancient wisdom, truths that have been stuck in that box accidentally. yeah. And then people who have a strong, who are powerful in the world, who have a strong ability to create change, you know, to make a difference in the world, who have, who yield power, Mm-hmm. and when they come into that alignment that to me feels like a click that feels really healing to totally. the that we're in in the world right now and on the flip side i love what i'm seeing a lot with a trend of like people who are yoga teachers or artists or reiki practitioners or crystal dealers or whatever who really mm-hmm. are not running a business properly who are not like their finances are a mess they're not um being strategic they're not Mm -hmm. kind of like i don't know i just want to like do massage like i i don't know i just want to teach yoga Mm
0: -hmm.
1: those people like when i see coaches like you come in and start empowering those kinds of people to actually it's not that hard to be that structured it's not that Mm -hmm. difficult to be a little bit organized and strategic and to empower people in that way and show them the ropes that also feels like a clicking like a coming together like a like a full self powerful way of being you know mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah it's funny I
1: feel like I kind of do
0: both right like I kind of take people from one camp and then create harmony with them <laughs> by bringing in the other parts and then take people from the other camp and bring them in and create yeah. harmony by bringing in the other parts right so that's my my joy <laughs> in the work it's like harmonizing and, and bringing those yin and yang aspects for you know simplification into union and harmony for people in their work because both are so needed and I, I love it. it I could do it forever it's my favorite thing
1: <laughs> getting rid of the old paradigms you mm-hmm. know investment bankers are not just bad people and yoga teachers are not just like hippie people that can't run a business. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yes. Like
0: well, why? Yeah. Like let's blaze a new trail. Let's create, like, let's step out of this sort of like black and white thinking and let's actually honor like the whole person <laughs> and their capacity to do whatever they desire and, right. and do right. it well. Right. Not just
1: I love do you. one thing
0: and play one note.
1: <laughs> right, like full spectrum, I think is when I work with with people in this way, I speak a lot about full spectrum and it's mm-hmm. like you're allowed to wear heels and lipstick one day and then yes. to wanna like wear Birkenstocks and not shower the next day and you're allowed yeah. to run a business and have a real deep spiritual practice mm-hmm. and you're allowed to love tea and have a coffee sometimes. Yeah you're allowed to do whatever authentically turns you on whatever Mm -hmm. authentically feels fun or right and you're allowed to make a choice and have it be wrong and Mm -hmm. then go back and be like uh yeah like maybe the yellow hair wasn't like the best move in the world (laughs) exactly it's uh I love empowering people towards full spectrum living to me Mm -hmm. that feels I love empowering myself towards full spectrum living because yes. it feels real and it feels like I find so many people, especially in the spiritual community can be like, I have to be so Zen all the time. And I have to be so like quiet mm-hmm. and all the time. And like, I can't eat anything unless it's totally, you know, mm-hmm. clean and vegan and I, mm-hmm. that is something I aspire to. I love to do that. I love to make a kitchari. I love to like meditate and I could sit and drink tea and do yoga all day long. Um, and I have a real life and kids and real stuff that goes on. And sometimes I feel like a coffee and sometimes I feel like a glass of wine. And I think like that to me has been a really also like another big shift where I feel like coming, it's a powerful move to allow mm-hmm. yourself. It's shadow work, right? It's like, totally, Yeah. Like, what are we ashamed of? What are we afraid of? Let's shine a light on it. Mm -hmm,
0: Totally right. And that idea of full spectrum living, that feels to me like when I hear you talk about it, I'm like, isn't that the whole point of like what it means to be a soul having a human experience is to experience all of it. (laughs) Like not to only experience the things that we could experience if we were like, not embodied as a human being I
1: love that I really like
0: we can have perfect you know in theory we could have a perfect diet and a perfect you know only this and only this set of things as like energy floating around in the ethers we're already you know it's nothing there's nothing interesting or challenging about that that's why souls incarnate I think (laughs) you know, like we want to have it all. We want to like taste it
1: oh, all and experience things. pleasure and experience push,
0: heartbreak.
1: Right. But we want to push these bad ones away. You actually just mm-hmm. shifted not for me because I was just thinking, you know, I've got like a big challenge I'm dealing with in my life right now around my family and my kids. And I want it to go away. I want it to resolve. I want, mm. it to be, I want everybody to be well. I want everybody to get along. I want, mm. I just want I want to put the fire out. Like, I just want it to go away. And Mm -hmm. that's me, my human self. But if Mm -hmm. truly we are here, like, what am I gaining from this? I get Mm -hmm. to operate at a higher spiritual level. I have way more compassion. I have way more wisdom. I've been brought to my knees. I've been, you know, I've been tried. It's been like, I've proven to myself how much I can actually accomplish. Mm -hmm. (laughs) One period of like how many different things I can do in one day that are all quite intense and like demanding. Mm-hmm. And it's it's like I'm being forged in the fire. And, yes. and so while I, if you had a magic wand and I got to choose for it to go away, I would 1000% choose for this problem. <laughs> but, yeah. but that being said, if I rise above it in that awareness we're talking about, the spiritual practice, I'm getting stronger and I'm learning something. And if everybody can just like, get out of this in one piece Mm -hmm. and that'll be great but even if they don't like this is my life you know Mm -hmm. this these are the challenges that I'm here to conquer and what can I learn I guess that's what I'm asking myself right now what can I learn from this Mm -hmm. what lineage blockages what limiting belief stories what family traumas can I heal Mm -hmm. like what can I do How can I alchemize this pain, this chaos, into gold, into something fruitful, into like wisdom, into Uh and truly like if we don't get to go through these horrific moments, Uh we don't get to have that that jewel. Uh you know, it's, if I were mothering myself, I'd be like, if I knew the outcome, I'd be like, it's okay, babe, you've got this, just hold mm-hmm. on, we're going to be fine, like, stay in your, stay grounded, you know, I'd be coaching, but when you're <laughs> in it, you don't have that, I mm-hmm. mean, I guess I can work with coaches like you, and yeah, you could, <laughs> <laughs> Therapists, et etc but- all the, the,
0: all the tools, you know, yeah. but yeah, I think that is so important, and I think you know, something that I've been thinking about a lot lately. I don't have kids, but I've been listening to a lot on uh, parenting and just kind of exploring those options. And I think the beautiful there have been some really beautiful nuggets that are that will stay with me, I hope, that I'll remember <laughs> later. Um, but even that are helpful now, just parent reparenting myself, you know. Um, and one of them is like your job is not to what is it? It was Dr. Becky. And she said something like, your job is not to um, protect your kids from the world or protect yourself from the world. It's to help. Basically I'm butchering it, but essentially the concept is like, it's not to, the goal is not to protect yourself from everything hard or scary or harm like painful it's to actually introduce that so that you can engage with the world fully so that you're equipped so that you build tools so Resilient. that you build skills so that yeah. you're you're not protecting someone from the world you're preparing them for it
1: well i think one is codependency and the other one is like you know liberation i think of it all the time with my kids i say i'm raising independent, resilient, happy, healthy, self-loving boys. Mm. <laughs> and the resiliency <laughs> is like what I'm learning. I can't protect them from harm and pain. Like, I never no. will. Everybody has pain, but what I can teach them is how to like, you know, laugh and mm-hmm. how to their bodies I can mm-hmm. teach them how getting outside and getting into nature helps. I can teach them how to drink tea. I can,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, I can talk with them about their emotions. I can validate their emotions. I can create space for them to like be angry, be sad, be mad. I can teach them healthy ways to vent and to mm-hmm. express those emotions. And those are all things that I think of every day, because if you just try to protect your kids from pain, you're going to end up with not very strong kids who mm-hmm. aren't, who aren't resilient and who aren't functioning members of society, right. and- my hope anyway, because of course we never can determine the outcomes of these things, but <laughs> yeah. my, my hope is that I'm doing a good job. My hope is that I am empowering them. It's like teaching a man to fish rather than giving him fish. Like it's totally. about and tough love. You know, I've been doing this since my kids were little, like you're going to fall if you do that. Oh, you fell. Did it hurt? Yeah. Don't do that again. It's so <laughs> yeah. them from the fall. Yep. Yeah. Right. No, just Let them fall. Then they won't yeah. do it again.
0: Hmm. Yeah. I think that's probably the hardest step, right? Because you, you want to protect them at the same time. You want to, you want them to know You're
1: that to there are
0: consequences, yeah. <laughs> uh, life. Uh, life. which like you can't do through words alone. Right. And, and same for us in our work sometimes, right. Like in our businesses, we're not going to know if something is like a shit decision unless we do it once and then are like, oh, I should have probably thought about this, this, and this first, you know, or maybe next time I could have these terms in the contract so that I don't end up in this hairy situation or, you know, oh, here's something that wasn't discussed beforehand that would have been helpful in, in creating a more informed experience or like being on the same page as somebody or whatever that looks like. Right. Right. Um, and I think that like mistakes and, and missteps, they're not even mistakes. They're like helpful information and Intel. That's what I always remind people when I'm coaching. I'm like, okay, great. You have more information. Now you can make a better decision next time. That's more informed by this information that you didn't have before. Right.
1: Right. So great.
0: And also probably good that it happened now and not when you're you know, when your business is 10 you times know, the size, <laughs> it's more right. expensive and harder to navigate and get out of. Right. Um, So important. It's all okay. Places. Totally. I want to hear more about the power of a tea practice and the ritual of tea. Cause I know that that's also something that you're just so
1: mm-hmm.
0: well-versed in. And it's something that like I told you, I feel like I've had that sort of like pull toward tea. Like it's funny everywhere I go, I'll find, I'll just like randomly, like I was in Cape Cod with my fiance in August, I think. And I just like, we went to this one place and then next door, there was like this tiny, 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 tiny little tea shop. And I was like, of course there is like,
1: of course, (laughs) the most magical plants that exists, in my opinion, and mm. it does grab people like, mm-hmm. and it does, it's really interesting. So, tea grabbed me, like I described, you know, at that yeah. moment, where, and it was very clear, there was no question. And I thought that was an experience that was just my experience. But mm-hmm. now that I've been in this world of tea for so long, I've met a lot of people who've been like, Oh, T was making it very clear that there was no way that I was not going to be like carrying her torch, you know, that I was not going, she's very demanding. She's very subtle, very graceful, very beautiful, but quite powerful and very demanding. And, and truly like the more that I the more you connect with tea in this way, as a practice, when you set sacred space, when you bring in elements, like, you know, you've got your earth, your water, your wind, your fire, through the tea, the kettle, the incense, um, and you sit in that stillness, and then you're connecting in communion with this leaf that's, we, it's so weird, because we know it is, again, the not coffee, but when we rewind the clock and see that the ancient, uh, the the Aka tribe, the people from Yunnan who evolved with tea, they revered her as a goddess, and they believe that they came from tea. And so they, the shaman, the women would take care of the old groves. They would only harvest once a year. They, they revered them. They birthed under the trees. They fled, fed their placentas to the trees. They wow. Did their whereabouts? They fed and nurtured the trees. They were part of the family. And these trees have, tea trees have the deepest taproot of any plant. And so it can, these old trees can access rare energetics from the earth, but also like vitamins, minerals, nutrients. And there's just, you know, every person has a vibe, right? Every person has a personality. Every plant has a vibration too. Um, And so when we work with plants in this way, tea, but also other plants we connect with, we commune with um their vibe their vibration right like roses mm-hmm. balance beauty like hibiscus passion joy um borage courage chamomile like warm grandma in a cup you know just mm-hmm. the tea is an ancient chinese knowing and also in my own knowing the empress like the queen mm-hmm. of botanicals of the herbs and she has a frequency a vibration that is very moving to us. You know, I find in my tea practice something different every time, but it's astounding to me. And really it's ineffable. It's like any other plant spirit medicine. It's completely ineffable the way that it works, but there's a deep sense of connection. And I find my heart opening and I find clarity every single time, whatever problem I've got spinning around in my mind, when I sit for tea long enough, the problem will be solved. Mm-hmm. Every time, every single time, without a doubt, um I find release. I find knowing. I find connection with myself. I I look into the table, and the whole world makes sense. And the <laughs> the universe all is connected. And it's not something I can tell you about. It's something that people have to describe and experience, not describe but experience for themselves. And I wish I had more words for it. I wish that I could describe it better and the simplicity of it is kind of funny because it's just high vibe tea and some water you've got to have Mm -hmm. something water so like you need a teacup or a bowl or something and of course the more you love your teaware the more intention you've put into your kettle and your water and your fire and your incense and your space like the more energy you put into the space you create and all of that then the more of course it's going to feed you but and give you the more you hold it with reverence, the more often you practice it, et cetera. But I have had so many life-changing, unbelievable, profound experiences with this practice. And and also just been able to reach a deep hum, like a deep meditative state that Mm -hmm. I struggle to get to all by myself. So I can sit to meditate and I do in my bed and I get quiet and I breathe and I can drop in and it feels really good. But there's something about the rhythm of the practice, the pouring, the steeping, the decanting, and then there's something about the medicine and the leaf, the vibration, the healing, the connection that all comes together in such a way where I, it, it pulls me into this deep meditative state and it feels great when i get there like you just don't want to get out of it and then if you look at you know the way that tea has been shared thousands of years ago it was the zen buddhist monks that were responsible for bringing her out of china and sharing her with the world for the first time and they fell in love with tea because tea's a meditation aid Mm -hmm. whoa of course (laughs) the zen monks fell in love with tea because What they got from tea is exactly what I'm getting from tea. Like they say there would be no Zen Buddhism without tea, and there would be Mm. no tea without Zen Buddhism because the monks used the tea to meditate and the tea used the monks to propagate. And so yeah. So it's this just beautiful, beautiful, beautiful practice. And that's, you know, that's become my work to share that. You know, my work has always been with tea. And it's, you know, I've practiced and shared yoga for decades too, but melding those two things together, not yoga, but the practice, you know, what is yoga? Yoga is a practice, um, a way to cultivate life and a meditation and, and bringing the awareness of tea as a practice, a meditation, a way to cultivate life, which came to me organically. And to be able to share that with people feels like a pretty awesome, you know, dharmic task. hmm
0: Beautiful. I I can't remember if I've heard that before about like Zen Buddhism and tea, but I want to share with you that my grandfather, who I mentioned to you that I like inherited his tea collection and his teaware and all of that, um, had been like really into tea for a few years, but he was a practicing Zen Buddhist and he was also an elementary school teacher so he'd go in the summers he'd go up to Mount Tremper New York and he'd sit and his practice like all summer and one year he built a tea house there in um gosh what is it called um at Zen Mountain Monastery in Mount Tremper and this was like his own he didn't talk about a lot of his practices but he did this for decades like he would go up there every summer and this would be like his time.
1: Built the tea house there?
0: He built the tea house.
1: Yep. Because my girlfriend trains at the mountain monastery and I have enrolled in matcha classes with them. No way. So weird. Yeah. It's <laughs> actually like pre-covid was trying to find a window in my schedule where I could go and do one of their week-long meditations. This is such a weird like, same full circle. Same. I was also looking. I would have met you there probably had oh my not well, happened. We, we would have just go. connected there. I know we should go, go together because I really do
0: want to. <laughs> one of that would be amazing. Yes, I've always so wanted to go with and do tea something and there.
1: For the week and I'm really good.
0: Yeah, I'm like great. Sounds perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Um
1: oh, I love yeah that.
0: so isn't that why like such a wild thing but <clears throat> i bet you like when did you first start your tea company like tea you, well i guess did you say that you had like other
1: yeah expressions so of it one called firepot which is still there it's still like a really really mm-hmm. organic ethical sourced tea company and i have partners it's based in st louis but um, we sell like chai and earl grey and herbal blends mm-hmm. and tea bags and matcha but we that i started like 20 something years ago but tea huntress i think was 2018 or something like that mm-hmm. i
0: bet you if i look at his like cuz i have all of his teas that he gathered and he would be researching for hours. And he, it was like his whole thing. He bought these like tea pets and like all this stuff. He had like his little setup. It was wild. So if I look at his, like at the bins of teas that I have that he purchased, I wonder if there's one from Firepot. I would Mm -hmm. not be surprised, but I'm going to look at that after we hang up.
1: (laughs) Pinterest, would it have been It wouldn't have been prior to 2018.
0: No. Okay. Well, it would have been prior to twenty eighteen. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, that's really cool that you've inherited that. I would actually love like to have a look at it and to see.
0: Yeah. I'll send you some pictures.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Because some
0: of it, I don't know. I'm like, I think I know what this is, but I don't really know. Or, you know, different. Like there are so many different tea sets and things that I'm like. I don't like, what should I be using this one for versus that one? Like there's just so many. Um,
1: yeah. I teach a class just on, well, I teach a lot of different types of classes however deep you want to go, but like one is just sort of an intro to setting up a tea practice, a tea ritual and, uh, and helping people understand like how simple it is to steep tea. There's so mm-hmm. much confusion because there's so many types of teapots and so many types, mm-hmm. of tea and so many different cultures that have you know, tea has become part of the culture, and vice versa. And so, it's really simple. But I know the overwhelm because mm-hmm. there are these little bitty cups and these weird shaped pots and like these mm-hmm. bowls, and then weird trays that catch water and bowls for catching water. And it's all <laughs> oh my God, just give me a tea bag.
0: Yeah. <laughs> right. Some nights I'm like, oh, I just want the
1: not great stuff because it's easy, you know? And other times I'm like, like this is the you, ritual. <laughs> when you just dive in and like rip that bandaid off and just dive in, that's where it is because yeah, that's where, it, that's where you like, in my house, I have a few places <laughs> that you can sit and have tea, but they're set up. Mm-hmm. There's, there's a table, there's like a, a burner, you know? Mm-hmm. There's the tea, there's the incense, like all the stuff is there. And all I have to do is put water in the kettle, turn the kettle on, bring the kettle to my spot, or even mm. just bring the kettle to my spot. And If I have a burner, turn it on there. And then I'm there and I'm ready and it's done. And I have found that to be a challenge with children to set that up and maintain that because they break stuff. <laughs> you know, a high shelf works. There's ways to figure out what works. And I think the more and more people fall in love with tea and start having a tea practice, all of a sudden you're like, living room you're like well I didn't really need that I didn't need that furniture we'll just get rid of that and that becomes my tea room and <laughs> that, you know let's yeah. get rid of that bedroom we don't need an extra bedroom that can be where we keep all the tea and right all the, in, you know, <laughs> houses make the tea house um, but it's fun if you're into it I mean I'm obviously yeah you are too. I'm into
0: it but you're way more <laughs> knowledgeable than me <laughs> And I need to learn all this stuff. I'm excited. Um, okay, and you have a beautiful retreats. So you have a tea subscription box. Tell us, like, where people can go to dig in to all the beauty that you offer.
1: So everything lives at teahuntress.com. That's the website. That's where you you know you can click to see all the retreats coming up. The retreats are all about like connecting with nature, connecting with self, resetting, rejuvenating. Um, having time just to unwind in beautiful, wild, natural places in the world, Um, you can join the membership. And members get um, 20% off of all experiences, retreats, classes, workshops, trainings, etc. So that's really awesome um, for members. And then the membership boxes come four times a year on the equinoxes and the solstices. And they're just tea tools and ritual tools to help support your practice. And there's always a guide with journal prompts and things like that. And then there's tea, you can just buy tea and different, I have a whole bunch of beautiful incense and um, tea and teaware and things like that. And then I have sort of a interesting side offering that is the bespoke formulations that you saw at Savannah. And I do a lot of tea for therapists, for wellness centers, for spas, for, um, for treatment centers, for musicians, for artists, for other brands. I did one for Vintner's Daughter, a really beautiful one, all about inner beauty and self. And I did one with Haley Williams, who is a musician all about self-love. Um, I did the Savannah, the morning ritual and the evening ritual. So the rise and rest for for Savannah, we did the, the morning ritual and the evening gratitude ritual. So the teas that match those energetics and um yeah I do a mentorship I have some mentees that I meet with once a week and we you know they have their own personal journey with me with tea and so there's a lot there's a lot of different touch points to to dig in but it's all under tea com.
0: Mm, yay I'm gonna go dive in and also order my membership box
1: <laughs> I can't come on a Mexico retreat coming yeah. up it's in January oh the annual new year's rituals. So it's a time to like, Mm. you know, relax, refresh, rejuvenate, revitalize. And then it's also a time to vision and to like set intentions and to like create rituals and vision for the year and make a plan. So Mm. it's a really potent week there that, and it's at the most beautiful place in Mexico. So we have like the beach and the pool and the whales and great food and Mm. shopping and markets and things like that.
0: that. Sounds amazing. What are the dates?
1: that
0: in one january. is
1: january 8th to 14th awesome yeah it's in todos santos do you know where that is i saw in- that it was there but i
0: i don't know where that is
1: so awesome it's just so if you go wait if you well if you go just south from california you'll run mm-hmm. into it actually um or if you fly to cabo because mm-hmm. you it's like an hour north of there awesome. but if really special beautiful place with like desert and ocean and culture and surfing and organic farms and art and um Mm. it's really beautiful it's a special place
0: love it okay I'm gonna go look I'm gonna see if I can
1: do it (laughs) I hope so too.
0: <laughs> Yeah, that would be so amazing. Thank you so much for joining me for this conversation and just all the, I love our like meandering musings and all things that we've talked about and covered during this conversation. So thank you so much.
1: Yeah, and thank you for the work that you do and thanks for pulling me into it and sharing this practice with your people, your community. It's just so really nice to connect and I look forward to doing it again
0: yeah me too thank you thanks everybody for tuning in i will chat with you next week
1: hey keep your mind wide open keep your soul alive
0: thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode of like nobody's business so what did you think i hope you found this episode absolutely enlivening if you loved it i'd be so so grateful if you would helped me spread the word by sharing this episode with a friend or a loved one you know would feel supported and encouraged by this too Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you won't miss an episode. It's also infinitely helpful to me and to my team if you take a moment to rate and review the podcast so that other trailblazers like you can find this resource, know it exists, and step out of struggle and into more ease. Thanks so much for sharing your time with me today and for taking this space to receive nourishment for your greatest vision. And in case no one told you this today, you are wildly brilliant beautifully wise and radically trustworthy keep shining your light so that all of those who need what you're here to share with our world can see feel and experience your unique medicine thank you thank you thank you and i'll talk to you soon
1: nobody's business like nobody's business